Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. You can find us at www.hupowership.com where we talk about the Pirates. It's year five and episode number 51. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Powership. What's good, man? All I got oh, to man. say is yikes. <laughs> yikes indeed, man. That was very, very terrible, man. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and what did we speak of? This is, uh, we're talking about the results of Hampton. Uh, the Hampton Virginia Union football game. Hampton lost that game, thirty-six to seventeen. So on this episode, we'll break that game down, and then we'll also preview Howard uh, versus Hampton in the Chicago Classic, and then we'll have a quick update on Jermaine Marrow. So, yeah, man, let's hop right to it. So this past week, Hampton lost to Virginia Union, thirty-six to seventeen. I mean, it really wasn't close. Um, uh, I don't know what else to say, man. There's a lot to say, um, but it wasn't close. Uh, Hampton really lost this game. It wasn't a fluke. Um, Virginia State was the more physical team, and they took it to Hampton uh, straight up. So if you didn't know, you would think that Hampton was a Division II team and, and Virginia Union was a Division One uh, team, the way that game played out. So it was... Um, an eye-opener in many ways. So in this game, we'll do what we always do. We'll talk about the good and the bad and all in between. So let's start out with the good, man. Good news first. Uh, Jadakiss Bonds, he had another touchdown. Um, so that's three on a season for him. He had two catches for 66 yards. And then Shy McKenzie had a good game, stats-wise at least. He uh, went over 100 yards, had 112 yards on 25 carries. That's all I got here tonight, man. What else? You <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. You know, I. It was a matter of fact. I'll just say it like this. Um, I watched the game in its entirety, and the minute I looked at the coin toss, you could tell that there was an extra bit of energy from the Virginia Union players. You know, they they had this game circled. You know, this is their first game of the year. And you could see the the excitement in the players. And, you know, our players, when they, you know, had to exchange handshakes, you know, it was just kind of lackadaisical, laissez-faire. It was like, oh, we've been here before. We're just going to do what we're going to do. We're, gonna, we're going to beat them. But remember, we talked about this June 21st. Yes, you know, we did. Offline, on we our did. blog, on the HU Pirate Ship uh, blog, which... You, everyone should uh, subscribe to. And we talked about, you know, Virginia, Virginia Union was a 10-2 and two program. They were ranked top 25. We knew this then, and we knew that this would be a potential trap game. Now, we didn't say this more so in last week's podcast because, you know, we wanted to remain positive, but 
we were both very worried about this game. And my fears were, I would say, they came to fruition when I saw the coin toss because I knew that this team wasn't playing around. Those guys that were in the coin toss were just as big as the players that we had at our coin toss. And immediately on the first drive, you could tell that after the first drive, uh, I would say stalled out, you could see that Virginia Union Uh, that they want they meant they played it at 110 percent we played it 60 percent 60 percent wasn't good enough to beat this program and this reminded me uh the this virginia union team reminded me of the old joe taylor programs they were big they were physical and even though joe taylor wasn't the coach you know you could tell that he had his hands dripping on all that program you know that football team is i would say the crown jewel of the virginia union you know athletics program and you know their fans were into it you know their fans were very well into it and you know it showed in the way that they played on the field they played with passion they played with pride and even after i guess all the clips that you saw on hbcu game day of what the players were saying a lot of them said they felt they felt that hampton was arrogant that they were disrespected and they uh and they um felt like they had to do what they needed to do to win and um to be honest you know and then you know some of them was like oh they were calling hampton a, D- a d1 program <laughs> yeah. one remember that guy yeah number, number 96 whoever that guy was d1 really look at the scoreboard you know okay that's just i would sum that up to youthful exuberance you know understood it you know got you and then the coach you know said Tell them I want my money in ones. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, that's you know we got to go up there next year. So I mean, that's a whole hold lot. On, of, that's a lot of bulletin board material. This is my question: Why are we going to a Division two school? Okay, I mean, uh, here's my my. I I have no inside information, but you know these football schedules. You got to plan these things years out, right? And yes. after the way we left the MEAC, you know that left a lot of holes in the schedule. So sometimes you got to do some unsavory things to fill that schedule out. This is very. This reeks up to me. First of all, I mean, I don't want to sound condescending, but we're a Division One program. We don't go to Division Two programs. Yeah, I know last year we had to do it because we couldn't find any programs to play against us. But we literally, literally have to go to Virginia Union and that little and that little ramshackle stadium that they have. <laughs> I mean. Hey, that's what happens, you know. It's still con- fallout from leaving the MEAC. I, I would like to think that we- this wasn't in the plans before we left. I mean, to our athletic director, come on, man. I mean, you 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 wear you. I mean, you dress like you're a Wall Street executive. You know, exercise Hamptons. I would say. Uh, authority <laughs> and tell Joe Taylor, which I love, by the way, love you, Joe. You know, but we ain't coming to Virginia Union to play you. Y'all come to us. We'll we'll toss you some dollars. Come play, you know, come play us. But, you know, that type of mentality is the reason why we lost anyway. So, I mean, that whole game, you know, DeAndre Francois was 14 for 28, you know, one touchdown, two interceptions, and both interceptions just looked like, you know, miscommunications. You know, between uh, him and the receiver, you know, Sean McKenzie, yeah, he had 120 yards. But to me, that wasn't really indicative of, 
you know, I would say our rushing attack because I think you pointed this out, you know, that we'll get 10 yards here on one play and one yard on another play. There were no, I would say, soul-crushing type of plays, no five or six yarders, you know, which really slow down a line. He actually, <clears throat> our running backs just basically got a good burst through and then will stop 10 yards deep, you know. Or, you know, we didn't get the falling forward type of plays, you know, in the rushing game. And um, whereas Virginia Union at Tobias Taylor, man, 25. Yo, he, he was the best player on the field. Oh, my God, 165 yards. How big is that guy? That guy has to be about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, He's the best know. player in HBCU football this year. I was very impressed with that young man. And when I saw, I mean, he was he was you know he felt he was falling forward he was a he is a i mean i hate to say it, he's a specimen and i'm looking him up he's six feet 225 out of hopeful hopewell virginia yo he smoked and, he smoked our safety on that that yes. whip on that wheel route i saw it i saw it from the snap like i knew what the play was i said oh this ain't gonna be good and yeah. he smoked him yeah i ain't gonna put yeah he smoked him. yeah and that was Justin Brown, number 12. I hate to call you out, but, I mean, he – every. I think a lot of the times if you look at the the plays that were successful against Hampton, that were – they were play – I mean, on defense that uh, Virginia Union was successful against our defense. We basically played our hand. We showed what we were going to do. We, we pinned our ears back trying to rush the passer. And they said, okay, you know, and they did – they matched our chess move with plays like that, that wheel route, you know, or that the other play where I think it was the very first touchdown after a missed field goal. And we didn't even talk about that. To me, it's the little things, you know, when Lomax missed that first uh, field goal, immediately they scored on the next play. Had he made that field goal, we'd just been kicking it off. And, you know, to me, it's those little things that I think, you know, scare me down the line. And I think that very first uh, touchdown score that they had, you know, Markel Valdez, you know, <clears throat> I think he was on one-on-one with the receiver. I think he, like, stumbled and the receiver just broke free. And it was a simple pass. And, you know, they scored on it. But my, this is my thing, though. The quarterback only, I think, how many, uh, how many, uh, Passes did he complete? I think he was like, if I look it up, not he, many. No, he was seven he, for twenty-one, four seven, touchdowns. And hey, there was two. There were like two drops. Like they could have hung yes. forty. They could have hung yes. forty. Seven for twenty-one, one hundred ninety-nine yards. That is paltry. That's very paltry. And. <laughs> That was very paltry, and he put four touchdowns on us. And I think a lot of that was based upon, I would say, our arrogance. You know, I mean, so if you think, if you looked at it, the very first one we were blitzing, and you know, of course it was man to man, and I would think that Markel Valdez would, you know, be able to handle that. And he, I mean, to be honest, he just slipped. Then there was a wheel route. That was just a. I would say it looked like Justin Brown probably had his eyes in the backfield a little too much, couldn't adjust. And then after those plays, to me, the, the rest of the their points were momentum points. You know, they once they had that momentum, even though we did go up at 17 or 14 and a half, I wasn't fooled by it. No. You know, 
No, I, 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 you can still feel it. And this type of game kind of reminded me of the game that we had last year with Virginia, upstate Lynchburg, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that was a, I mean, they had pajamas as football uniforms. It was disgusting. And you mean to tell me they hung up, I think, like 28 or almost 35 points or something like that. And to me, that game right there, I mean, even though it looked like our players just didn't, you know, I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to have gotten up for that game either. But I think that kind of, you know, it's just like it. It's like when people say Hampton was exposed, I don't think we were exposed. I just think that what we just saw was that we played at 60%. They played at 110%. 60% wasn't good enough to beat that program. It would have been good enough to beat Elizabeth City State and the rest of those sorry little CIAA programs. You know, maybe not Virginia State because Virginia State, you know, that's that is, that's still I would call a border war or a, uh, a rivalry type of game. But Virginia Union, you probably if we were to play that 100 percent, we would have won or maybe 90 percent. But 60 percent just doesn't go there. It was laissez fair and we lost that special teams blunder that we had where where they ran a fake punt. That was a genius play. And, you know, that was I would say and I hate to say it because, we, you know, we both admire and really respect Coach Prunty. I just think that. They were over aggressive, uh, and I think that's what failed them, you know, at this game. You know, it was a chess match game, and I just think that you can't bully a team that, like Virginia Union, that is, I would say, a CIAA bully and what and wanted all the smoke. To be honest, not and not only that, but they were playing with house money. Like they didn't, Ooh, they didn't, yeah, care. They didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't care one bit. And so you could see, you could feel it, you know, and I just think everybody, okay, if you're listening on the pirate page or the uh, Ogden Circle or the other little groups, MEAC fans or the, H, um, the pirate ship or on Nighton, then Hampton was not exposed, you know. I just think that we basically, we basically just did not play our type of game. And I think that on offense, you know, we have a, a speed offense, you know, you know, a turn the clock offense. Cy McKenzie, he gets to the, he, 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 he hits that, he hits the hole, right? He hits off tackles. Once he gets to the sidelines, you know, it's hard, he's hard to bring down. DeAndre is, I would say, a great rhythm passer. And we just didn't get in rhythm. You know, they really did everything, you know, to get us out of rhythm. And to be honest, he only got sacked once. So, I just think it was just we were never in rhythm. They were in rhythm the whole game. Yep, that's that's right. I mean, you remember, you remember. Well, you, of course you do. But Emmett Smith, the running back uh, yes. for Cowboys, and he was a uh, commentator on ESPN, and he he got fired because he couldn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one game he was talking about. <laughs> it, was the, it was the final straw. He was like, "Man, they got debacle." <laughs> you know, he just. <laughs> He made that word up, and that's just what happened. Like, I mean, we just got pushed around. I mean, Tavius Taylor had 165 yards yeah. on 25 carries. Yeah, yeah. That's a Division Two offensive line, yo. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, that's there's. No, I mean, that only happens if you, like you said, you're at 60 percent. You don't wake up. 
I mean, he we won't, like he won't get that yeah. at smaller schools. Like, if all you yeah. got to do is, like, push and get in your gap, and he ain't getting that. That's, like, yeah. <laughs> that's just fundamentals. Like, that's yeah. crazy, I, man. I think for us, I think we woke up that second half because we scored 17 straight. And I think that we were like, okay, <clears throat> we're back to who we are. And even, honestly, I think when they went up by, first of all, that safety – I mean, I think we made some very poor mental errors. And, you know, just like the, the downing of the uh, the field goal by by Ronald Bell with the knee, you know, that to me. Oh, yeah, the kickoff return. The kickoff return. He like, should he know is, better than that, man. He, he is, should know better, and he has never done that before. It was just one of these things like we kind of – I saw when it happened, and I was just like, oh, this is not good. And then immediately we ran a play right out of the end zone with Sean McKenzie. And he is not the most nimble of running backs. You know, he's, he's, he's a little bit more nimble this year because I would say he lost a lot, lost some weight, but, ah, those yeah, but, balls. But on what level, like on what level of football do they tell you to reverse the field in the end zone? Yeah. Yo, yeah. you're 225. Put your head down and get out of yeah. the zone. <laughs> Just get out of the end zone. Get out of yeah. the end zone. He knows but, that. <laughs> but, but to be honest, though, he had nothing there. You know, that that side of the line was got pushed back. You know, they, they knew the defense pretty much had an idea of what was coming, and they did exactly what was needed, you know, so – that was just that was just a terrible mental error. Mental error, not by Sean McKenzie, but just the downing of that that uh, kickoff return. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know, then of course there was the uh, fake punt mental error, and ugh, I just think you know we just did not concentrate the way that we were supposed to, and I think that you know we we this play has kind of been an indicative you know of what we have seen you know I would say. Somewhat last year, you know, I think we had mental errors when we played against Charleston Southern and but that that to me was just a transition game. We were just trying stuff out. But this game to me showed some, you know, some things that I think seriously needs to be be worked out. You know, uh, DeAndre Francois and the receivers, there were a lot of miscommunicated balls, you know, out there to result in interceptions. And then we had um, other uh, we had uh, we had a couple of drops in the end zone. Oh, and we forgot to mention this going forward on fourth and I think uh, fourth and goal when we could have went. Uh, we could have kicked a field goal and I would say, you know, been within, I think, uh, what, two points. Yeah, that was uh, a, that was a panic move. I mean, that 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 was was, a panic uh, move. Coach panicked on that one. Yeah. I mean, I would have just taken the points because that to me would have, you know, I think the defense would have felt a little better or, but you know, I'm not a coach, so I can't tell you anything, but I would have just taken the three, you know, I mean, that's a chip shot from for for Lomax, but I just think that you know in the heat of the moment they just wanted the points. And if I, if you see the that play that was a turnover on downs from the end zone, Francois had the court. I mean the the receiver had two about a, a good step on the defender. The the ball was not behind him. The ball was like right into the receiver's gut. But it was just enough that the defender could put the ball in, you know, to to you know to take the ball away, and you know I just think that's more of a timing issue 
where Francois and you know the receivers are going to have to work out. Right, that's true, man, and they're going to have to because you know let's let's move into um, just some things to work on and improve if we just we're just scouting right <laughs> for looking mm-hmm. at our team. If I'm and I'm sure Virginia Union saw this, I'm selling out to stop the run against Hampton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put Hampton in third and long and make um, DeAndre hold on to that ball. Because if you notice, man, he's taking some shots in both these games. Um, yeah. So And he's against deep Division two defensive lines, so the competition is only going to get stiffer. So um, Hampton needs to find a way to get the ball out of Francois' hands quickly and then make them also respect the run. Um, you know, have more of a balanced offense, right, so they can't – sell out to stop the run, put them in third and long, and then he gets hit. So they got to diversify that passing game, use the tight ends. I don't know if the tight ends have a catch yet this year. Maybe one. Um, use the running backs out yeah, of the backfield. Yeah, I think it was no, number 38. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, Powell's a good yeah. tight end at 87, right? I mean, get him the ball. Like, McKenzie, did he have any catches last game out of the backfield? I don't know. He had, I mean, he had one. Two, two catches to run. So everything's downfield. To the yeah. White House. That's cool, but you yeah. got to sustain drives. And then number two, yeah. power. I mean, get yes. some more power. I don't know if they can do it because of the personnel, but you, they cannot run successfully between the tackles. Yeah. And they got to figure that out. I mean, because what I'm noticing nowadays, <clears throat> and I think this is a smart move by offenses, you're, you're starting to see more power offenses now. Oh, you um, need to. Yeah. yeah, but man, everybody just throwing the ball around, doing all this spread yeah. crap. I mean, offenses got rid of that in the nineties. We starting to get old yeah. now. In the nineties, they called it Chuck, <laughs> Chuck and Duck, right? Because if you can't run yeah. the ball, your quarterback gets killed. So yeah. now, yeah, you're getting absolutely. a more balanced offense with power. Get two tight ends in there. Get a fullback, and do what Virginia Union did. Did you see how many regular pro style formations they were in? Yeah, two, it was what? it was it was basic. <laughs> It run basic downhill. football. Basic football, run downhill, get to the guy. Yep. And I think they took advantage of our um of our our linebackers. You know, I think we had some very youthful linebackers. We had um was it DeAndre Falk, Mason uh King, and I think number fifty three, I think that's that Anthony kid. Uh what's this guy? What's that guy's name? Anthony yeah, Anthony Jones. Mason King, Anthony Jones, DeAndre Falk. When and you know, we saw some Tyler uh Tyler Frazier out there. And once they got to those guys, you know, it was basically and you know, this guy, uh this Tobias Thomas, you know, he he's a he's a load. He's a big load. You know, he's a he's a huge load and you know I'm looking at DeAndre Falk. He's only 6'2", 213. That's hard. I mean. <laughs> hey, I was watching. But you know what, though? You know, you know, I, wait, wait, I'm not, I don't like saying these guys' names. You don't either. I hate it, too. The defensive ends got oh, washed oh. down. I mean, yeah. they got, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they watched the we're, film. They, they we're, st- we're, we're still young there. I think. Right. I think. This is like what my grandma used to say, oh, baby, what you doing? What you doing, baby? You know, ooh, ooh, coach. He says, get some old big old butts in there. Yeah, so they were getting washed into the linebackers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I just think that schematically, I just think that didn't work. It probably looked good when you were doing an install, but it just didn't look good. And, you know, this whole thing, I just think that this is a learning uh, lesson for 
you know, for that defensive unit. You know, they gonna I got taken to the woodshed and they just need to figure out figure it out um next week. Yep, true. And let's move on to next week. So next week is uh H U versus Howard in the uh Chicago classic battle for the real H U. So Missed last year because of the Miak madness, but it's back on again in Chicago. I don't think this game is on TV, man. It is, I mean, to me, that is a shame. That's crazy, Jay, man. Jay Walker's not even, uh, ESPN's not even covering this. No, so this even, no like, NFL Network, no even Black College what, uh, Sports Network, that BSPN thing. No. No, nah, we got none. So we might have to listen to this on the radio. Uh, terrible. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so you have to listen to it, but, you know, might be a good listen. So talk about Howard real quick. Howard is 0-2. They lost to Maryland and Youngstown State. I don't know how much you can take away from those losses. What I can see, though, with my eyes is that the offense is good. They got a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense is bad. Their special teams are bad. So we can take advantage of those two things. But, I mean, we got to stop the run. I mean, they run the ball well. Cam... Uh, Newton's brother, what's his name? Oh, uh, Kalen, Kalen. Yeah, Kalen Newton. I hate saying that, but yeah, he's he's good. I mean, their offense is good, so they're going to move the ball. Um, but hopefully, we can move it a little bit further than they can because their defense is pretty bad. Um, I think uh, Hampton wins this game if they control the clock and they make Howard drive the field because uh, Kalen Newton he still is sloppy with the ball at times, and uh, they'll put the ball on the field. And make some mistakes. So make him drive and keep the ball out of his hands. I think then Hampton can win this game, man. Uh, but I think it'll be close, man. What, what are your thoughts, man? Well, I'll just say this. Um, Howard, this is, of course, a rivalry game, you know. And Howard, I would always say, even though I think Hampton, for like, remember we had a 15-year win streak, you know, against Howard, you know, that we witnessed. And, and, of course, it ended with Don Rose's programs and some of Maynard's <laughs> programs. And um, I've always felt that, you know, recently Howard has gotten up for this game more so than Hampton. You know, I mean, it, you just feel it. But, you know, this is not – even though How, Howard is 0-2, you know, this is not a program I would take lightly because they played Youngstown State early well you know they went up 14 to 6 first quarter and you know they really gave Youngstown State all they could handle and um and um of course Youngstown State scored 41 on a you know really really quick and um it was (laughs) that that was you know that was a debacle but you know hell they go up 14 to 6 on us in the first quarter we in trouble yep so you know we're um you know, it will be uh, Virginia Union all over again. So I think that to us, you know, you can't, we can't, we're not Youngstown State. We we just can't just turn on that uh, a quick light and just go score 41. You know, I mean, it's easy if that's Elizabeth City, but this is uh, a rivalry game where, you know, the opponent, you know, has every intention, you know, of beating the crap out of you. Yep, yep, that's true, man. So so, so what do you think, what do you think, what, what do you think the outcome will be? Or, or how do you think that game is going to play out? Even you know, based on yeah. what you've seen from Howard and Hampton, I would. I mean, to be honest, though, I mean, I just kind of look at this as, you know, 
Howard really want they really you know they they're zero and two because they've been playing money games and I wouldn't consider Youngstown State a money game because that's just another FCS program, but the first game definitely was a money game. I think for Howard they definitely want to get into the win column, you know, and what better way to get in the win column by beating your one of your arch rivals, you know, Hampton, and so I think they're going to be very very focused on this game and i think that what scares me about hampton is we historically i would say for the past 15 or so years rarely get up for this game we do get up for it like the fans get up for it but for a lot of the players it's just like especially it's like for the transfers that come in they kind of hear about it and they're just like oh no this was a rivalry game so i think it has to dawn upon the whole program that, you know, we really got to kill this team. You know, I, you know, I really hate this program, Howard, you know, and, you know, and just to take it off of football, you know, there is a professor that is, I think he's still uh, employed with Howard name is an author uh, named Ian Isidore Smart. He's a Howard uh, professor, by the way. And he critically critically attests to Howard's founder and alum, General Oliver C. Howard. You know, basically, if you don't know who General, uh, General Oliver C. Howard, he was a founder of Howard University. He named the university after himself. But if you don't, if you do not read, if you have never read up on him, basically, he was he had a genocidal effect in the elimination of the bison which was pivotal in the eraser of the First Nations people, uh, a.k.a. the Native Americans. Now, this is a quote from Ian Isidore Smart, a Howard professor. Now, this is the second quote. He says, this was his primary weapon of the genocidal war. It was bad enough that the university would be made after an individual such as this genocidal maniac, Oliver C. Howard. Howard. It is worse that the generation after generation with the culpable ignorance expressed their unconscious acceptance of this genocide by proudly proclaiming the bison as their mascot. Mm. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I think that's going to go over their heads, man. You know what? I don't think they care. No, they don't care. I mean, this is, ooh, that to me right there. You're going to name yourself after a bison, which was used to, you know, hurt other people. You know, shame on you, Howard. You, you know, know what I've, I've found I mean, in life, like, Howard talks trash no matter what. Like, you can say yeah. anything to them, and it, it, it might be true and factual. They'll ignore it. Yeah. They'll talk trash. Yeah. Like, they were How- Howard Normal Theological Institute for Preachers or something. And they got the nerve to call us the Institute. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I, mean, I mean, it's just like, it's like, really, dude, are you serious? I mean, are you really, really serious? I mean, come on, man. I mean, Howard has been in the news for all the wrong reasons for years. You know, Hampton, you know, even though we keep our stuff in the house and then when it gets out, it's ugly. But you <laughs> re- <laughs> That's true, boy. It is ugly whenever it gets out. Man. When it when it gets out, man, ooh, people are running and hiding that that cafeteria debacle, you know. The, oh man, that um, 
a whole big South fiasco, you yeah. know. <laughs> oh, we, you Wait, know, the, we George, the George Bush uh, nonsense. Ooh. Oh, God. Man, it's... I still, yo, I still, people say, yo, what is George Bush doing on your campus? I mean, I, I get that uh, probably once a week from somebody when I talk to him about Hampton. So, yeah, we, we got our issues, man. <laughs> I mean, to be real, George Bush is the real Ricky Ross. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, though, I mean, hell, he. This is. I mean, think about it, though. I mean, we we, we walk into some of these buildings, you know, they're funded by the Bush family. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we can't keep. We gotta keep it real, you know. I mean, I don't know which one. If I had to take my guess, you know, he was a president in what the eight, uh, the eight, the early nineties, and the Bush family probably is known President Harvey for a while. So I'm sure one or two buildings that we, you know, adore, you know, probably paid for by the Bush family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I can't stand Howard, but, you know, I just say it because of that. And another thing is, Hampton would never be gentrified. Nobody would ever walk their dogs on our campus. Because <laughs> Dr. Harvey would have bought up the whole neighborhood. Matter of fact, if Hampton was where Howard was, or if Howard, if Dr. Harvey was a president of Howard, first of all, we would have owned Georgia Avenue. We would have owned uh, the majority of the businesses and the buildings going towards 14th Street. None of that stuff would have happened. But, hey, you know what? That's Howard, you know? So, hey. Get it how you live. <laughs> yep, yep. So it, it'll be interesting, man. I, it may be good that I can't watch this. Maybe I'll go do something else Saturday. Uh, go hang out or something. <laughs> Get outside if the weather's nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hey, we can't. What happens if, yeah, we got to win this game. Yeah, yeah, we do. We got to win. This, guy, this is a must win. Yeah, you know what? I mean, to me, it's a, most, it's a must win for both programs. You know, Howard, to me, you know, just looking at their schedule, I don't think they want to go down. Uh, <laughs> they definitely do not want to start the season 0-3 because, I mean, even though they got Delaware State coming up and Bethune and uh, Norfolk and, you know, Central, North Carolina Central, they got winnable games coming up. You know, we're starting to bulk of the meat of their schedule. We cannot lose to Howard because, yep. to me, that – that would set a, a really bad precedence for the rest of the season. You know, so be honest, I have no idea how this game will go. I mean, I could see us being behind, you know, Howard, you know, because to be honest, we're we're a slow starting team, you know, when it comes to I would say rivalry games. And that's regardless of coach. That's historically. You know, we always kinda bring it in late for some reason. But um I think, I mean, we have a, I say, a very good chance of winning. Don't ask me uh, how by how much. I have no idea because I just do not know what type of team we would get this week. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, we shall see, man. We'll break it down next week, hopefully. And I'm expecting we'll have a nice win to discuss, man. So, go Hampton. And... We got some other good news, man. Some good news. Uh, Jermaine Marrow is coming back. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 I mean, what? Whoever was in his ear to tell him to leave? Ooh, we, man. Ooh, I'm glad yeah. he is back. Yeah, he got some bad advice, man. They, but uh, luckily, cooler heads prevailed. 
and uh, if we can uh, compete in the Big South next year. So, go Jermaine Merrill. And um, that's it, Hampton Night, man. It's a good show, and uh, we'll check in next week to um, talk about the uh, battle for the real HU. Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, we got to win this game. It's it's a must win, man. This is a must win for both programs. So, you know, for the people in Chicago, expect a a fireworks bonanza because Howard ain't going to let y'all off the hook. And I just hope that we are ready because – Historically, Howard really gets up for this game. So, let's do it. Yep, go Pirates. Go Pirates.